Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 179, presented by Parse Rum. My favorite rum, your favorite rum, Parse Rum. Go to your local Binnie's, go to your local liquor store, ask about Parse. Dakota, you are in Michigan. Correct. The great state of Michigan. Can you tell us what the weather is in Michigan right now? Uh, It's currently 48 degrees. It's supposed to be 55 the next two weeks. It's a chance chance of rain today. What's the low tonight? Uh, let's see the low tonight. Um, of course my screen's frozen as you put me on the spot. All right. Uh, I mean, it gets to like 46 overnight. It's that not sounds like some nice weather to have yourself a little glass of Parse rum, huh? Exactly. No better time. Warm you up a little bit. hundred percent. This is my favorite time of year. I love this weather. I like when it's you like 50 a little window 60. crack too. Oh, oh yeah. Nice oh. and cold when you're sleeping. Woo. Oh. Zach, where are you? I'm in Connecticut. A little bit warmer here, 61 today, low of 49 tonight. Same thing, you know? Maybe watch yeah. some playoff baseball with a glass of Parse. What? Do you guys have, like, a yard, Zach? Uh, no. We, uh, I mean, <clears throat> cross like enough street, room. Yeah. I was going to say enough room to have, like, a fire. Like, there's nothing better than a fire in the fall Dude, with a glass of Parse. One, we had a few college guys together this weekend. I mean, Saturday night or Friday night fire, just chopping. God, oh. man. That's your that's your dream scenario is sitting around a fire chopping. You know, you just can't you can't beat some things in life, and that's one of them. Tom, you're in New York. New York City. I'm sitting in Brooklyn. Right now. I, love when, I love when Tom has to unmute himself because he stays on mute. <laughs> I'm in Austin. Uh I timed up the weather very nicely and left Chicago when it got down below 60 and got here and it was 80 degrees. It was 75 years and I was playing golf. It was really wonderful. I did forget my microphone. I was like having all the stuff to pack. And I was like, oh, yeah, pack this, pack that. 97% sure I left my microphone on the desk in my condo right where I had recorded last. And so I texted Tom in a panic yesterday. I said, Tom, I don't have a microphone. Yeah, tell me what I need to get. So we shipped this baby in on Amazon. Tom said, it's the creme de la creme. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I feel. Wait, I can adjust your volume on it even. Wait, you do everything on this. Dakota, you're still grinding with a handheld mic. Well, he Tom said he Thompson got it. No, he said he got it on Amazon. Prop. No, Ian bought it. Ian bought it. Oh, okay. I bought it on Amazon. I, bought yeah. it on Amazon. Okay. I was, expecting... uh, trust me, when I, when I first got on, I was like, what's happening here? I go, I'm still holding this thing like a bum. And Ian's sitting here adjusting his volume. I got one button on or off. That's it. I'll be expecting reimbursement from the company, but. We can figure that out. After I mean, pod, right, you'd Tom? Be re- you're an investor, so you'd be reimbursing yourself. That's exactly right. <laughs> there's been some. There's been some good playoff baseball games. Oh. Talk about the playoff baseball. I in the first. I guess we haven't recorded since the wild card series. I saw some clips out there of some people saying wild card series stonks. You know what? Just because there was four sweeps. Just because we didn't get any game three drama doesn't mean it stunk. There were some great performances. You know, sorry, Dakota. You know, like people complained about 163 because it's like, oh, it's not a real series. You don't get the best teams in. And now they're complaining about two sweeps. And it's like, what do you want? You know, because if those games went three games, like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. And it's like, bro, what do you got? Like, Diamondbacks beat the Brewers. Diamondbacks are now up 2-0 on the Dodgers. 
Like they they are a good team. Like it happens. Well, it's funny because you see people like tweeting like we should just have winner take all wild cards. Like go back to that. I'm like everyone was clamoring for three game wild cards. It happens and it's four sweeps and you're like no, one game takes all is better now. It's like no, like just because it didn't work out for any game threes doesn't mean one's better or like that it's not the right move. And there were upsets, you know, the Oh yeah. the Brewers win the division. You know, the D-backs get in D-backs take two in a row. They looked really good, like a really good baseball. In a row, too. Like, it's not like – Yep. I mean, the D-backs are like – sorry to cut you off, but like they play the Dodgers 13 times a year. Like, it's a hard division, bro. Like, it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard division, and their bullpen sets up really well for the playoffs. You know, we saw exactly. it those last couple weeks. We hadn't seen them until September. And you face that team, you know, Merrill – Kelly and Zach Allen are legit, legit starter starting pitching. And then their bullpen, you know, and they had to, the way that the wild card was set up, which it did, it benefited the Brewers for running away with the division and being rested. And they had, you know, their guys going, Woodruff got hurt, but they had Burns going to game one and the D-backs had to play hard to get in. And then they have to start their number three starter and he goes two, two and two thirds or three innings. He gets yeah, hit around like a little two bit. And, a third. and then they had to go full bullpen game to get the win. And their bullpen shut it down. They're built really well. They're deep in the bullpen. They, they're they built really well for that. Uh, and so they take game one and then they get, I think Gallon was on the mound for game yeah. two, right? Mm-hmm. And then they, they end up taking game two and like they had, they were in a, not the best position to start that series and they end up you know winning the game and and going on 2-0 and then getting the rest to go face the Dodgers which they came out hot and they had Merrill going game 1 and Gallon going game 2 shoved both and they're up shoved two. and Dude. so that's you know um they're a good I, baseball team they deserve to be there i think that's why those teams get in the playoffs because now you see that like that's a legit baseball. Dude, have you like speaking of good teams Dakota sorry again um no, you're good but like Corbin Carroll Nasty. F- 15 years old, whatever he is, he's going to be nasty. <laughs> and then, like, you have Marte, second baseman. He, for whatever reason, is the most underrated, not-talked-about yes. player in baseball. And, like, mm-hmm. I had to look – I was like, all right, what? Like, what's the baggage here? Why is nobody talking about him? Bro, he, he bangs, and he plays a very good second base, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But, like, he is – a very good baseball player and nobody talks about him. Is it because he's in Arizona? But like, I mean, dude, 276, 843 OPS, 25 homers, 82 ribbies. Bro, as a second baseman too, like the only one who probably has more power numbers is Ozzy, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's been, he's been awesome. He had, he had more homers this year. The only other year in 19, he hit 32. This is the only other time in his career. He's gone over 20. But he's been a super productive player. He's got a 114 uh, OPS plus career, and he's been he's only been below average. Count 2020, he had a 97 OPS plus. He hasn't been a below average offensive player since 2017, when he was 23 years old and played 73 games. You know, since 2018, since he became an everyday dude with the D-backs, he's put up great numbers. He's one, uh, he was an all-star and he finished fourth in the MVP in 19. He's been super, super productive. They've kind of, I think one of the reasons why he's a little bit not talked about, he also walked more this year than he has in his career, but 
one of the reasons he's not talked about is because he signed deals with the D-backs. He's kind of like quietly signed. He signed an extension early, and then he quietly signed, I think, another like three-year deal recently. And he's just kind of quietly been with that team and an anchor there. And it's awesome to see that now that they've built this team up with these good young players that he's getting to actually show on the spotlight. And like, he's legit. And from the right side, as a switch hitter, he's better, has been better through his career from the right side. And like, he's one of those dudes that when you have a lefty in there and he's hitting righty, which is not typical for switch hitters, he bangs. And Christian Walker too. Um, and look at his numbers. Christian Again, Walker is super underrated. Christian dude, Walker is an underrated. I was reading an article college. about him the other day. Like, he was just somebody who never really got an opportunity. He was, I think he came up with, I forgot who he had. Oh, Chris Davis, I believe he had in front of him with the Orioles. Yeah, he came up and with then, the Orioles and he was blocked. And then when Goldie was at first with the Diamondbacks, like, I was reading this article and it's just like, hey, man, sorry. Like, yep. Tough. And, but, I mean, this year hit 33 homers, 103 RBI, 11 bags as a first baseman, 830 OPS, and a 123 OPS plus. You and know, he was good I last mean, year too. Almost, right? almost a four war. He was good last year too. He was the best. He was the best defender at first base in baseball. Won the Gold Glove last year, and it like wasn't close. And yeah, he he was a dude who came out of he came out of uh, South Carolina, played college ball at South Carolina, and he was. He took over at South Carolina for Justin Smoke. And then he was a dude there and just kind of kept getting blocked, kept getting blocked. And he did some stuff with his swing. Um, I know like when he was finally getting a chance to play and create a little bit more leverage, a little bit more juice. And just because he was always in there, he just had to hit the ball in the air more. And he has been really, really good. And he, That's when he played, I... watching him play first. Oof. Dude, and it's just somebody like when we played them, we got swept. Um, and it was just like a lineup that just almost like didn't stop. And then like you're looking at the middle and it's like, man, like Christian Walker, it's like it's not somebody that is like, hey, man, you're talking about first baseman who bang like Diamondbacks have Christian Walker. It's just like he comes up and you look at the scoreboard. It's like 830, 840 OPS. And you're just like, fuck, like these guys are good, bro. Like they are good. And they and got how- Seawald at the deadline. I mean, bro. And how well did that trade play out that they when they traded uh Varsho for Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Moreno dude did you remember there was some point in the year where like Moreno got hurt and they showed like the D-backs record before he got hurt then when he was hurt and then when he came back and it was like crazy the win difference so I I could be wrong but I think he came back or he I know he played against us I remember looking at the scoreboard and he was like 20 or 21 years old. And I'm like, oh, like this is a nice prospect. I remember his name from the trade. Like, oh, I'll see how he is. Bro. Just like wow. And I was, dude, this dude is legit. Yeah. It's just I for whatever reason, you don't think about the D-backs. And even going into the Brewers, I was like, oh, I mean, that place is gonna be a zoo. Like they may go game three, but there's no way they're winning two in a row. The Brewers were the hottest team in baseball, you know. Le- I don't know the numbers, whatever, but I mean, hot down the stretch, and then they go in and score six runs off Kershaw without an out, bro. You think That's the just, D-backs? It, it reminds me of the Phillies last year, where it's just like a team that is doubted, that is walking in there. Basically, I don't want to say with house money because they're a really good team, but like, hey man, nobody's talking about us. Let's go break some hearts. 
you think they're not talked about because they don't, I mean, outside of like Corbin Carroll, like I feel like they don't have a big name guy like yeah. Christian Walker hits in the three, four hole. Like they got Tommy fam. Like, but I feel like it's just a collection of like good players, like yes. no, like superstar names. You would say like Zach Gowan's like their biggest name, right? Yeah, for Some, sure. Man, I people, could be, yeah, could be people, ignorant. I don't know. I mean, could be wrong, but I don't think people have, you know, given enough credit to what Zach Gowan has been able to do the last couple of years. We faced him in, Triple A in nineteen, when he was still with the Marlins, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was like this guy. He was be unbelievable. Good. He wa- dude. He walked we, out to I, let the beat build by Lil Wayne, and I was like, this guy's nasty. I played with him <laughs> in summer ball one year, and went to UNC. I think first or second rounder, and I was just like, we kind. It kind of went without saying. It was just like, yo, like this guy's a little different out there. He's kind of got everything going for him, and then he starts to throw harder, and it's like. Wow, he really has everything going. Wasn't he traded for? Wasn't it Jazz Chisholm for him? He was traded. Yeah, he was traded. And Ozuna too, right? He traded from the Cardinals too, and the Marlins. Yeah, he was traded from the Cardinals to the Marlins, and then from the so that was the Ozuna trade, I believe. And then he was traded from the Marlins to the D-backs for Chisholm, uh, and that's worked out great for them. I just want to go back to Moreno really quick. We played him, same thing. I was like, you know, hadn't played against him, hadn't really seen what he'd been doing that year. He's got a hand cannon, first of all. He's got a rocket launcher attached to his right arm. But he controls the game really well for a young guy back there. And then his ability to hit, he was hitting like 280. Yeah. And like not a ton of thump, but like. 284. He backs some backside singles. He walked us off one day, but like some just like really good at bats and backside singles. And it was like, and they just stick him in the seven hole. They just like let him hit seventh or eighth. And. You know, he's hitting like 280 and has production at the bottom of their order for them. It's like pretty impressive. Well, that's the thing is their lineup's just so deep. Like, I think Longoria was in the eight hole yesterday, last night. Like, I, not that he's had an unbelievable year, but like it's Evan Longoria. Like, I'll take that guy in my eight hole any day. He's been there, done that. And looks great in a baseball uniform. Oh, guy, guy does it, man. Yeah. And how about he made a couple of huge plays in the Milwaukee game. The first Sick game. play. Sick play. Hands don't sleep. They haven't slept for the 15 years he's been in the big 19, leagues. 19 years, yeah. Um, Ian, I we didn't get to see it, and I honestly didn't know the answer to this. Were all three games at one place, no matter what, or did the third no game what. go back? Okay, yep. then, okay. That's no what I didn't – I didn't know if, like, game three just to, like, cut down travel, but I was like, that wouldn't really make sense for game three to go to the road team. No, that was – so that record. was the, the whole thing of, like, how do we give an advantage to the teams with the better record um, was making sure that you got all three of those games at home, which was – which is great. And but like, it worked you, out because two two home teams won and two road teams won. Like the Rangers went into Tampa and kind of spanked them a little bit. You know, before we get into Rangers Tampa, you know who was probably, you know, having all of their AG one every morning? The D backs. I, yes. I heard they would I heard they would go into Milwaukee and I heard it was how much AG one can we drink before this game? AG one's great for recovery before a workout or even after when you need a boost. AG1 is so much more than a greens powder. It's all of your key health products in one. Set yourself up for success with 75 high quality ingredients that give you key daily nutrients and long-term gut health support. So we're going to give you, we're going to give you free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to a, oh, drink AG1. That is drinkag1.com slash compound drink ag1.com slash compound tampa i mean i think that team was just 
kind of done with all their injuries. I mean, that's tough. A lot of injuries. All, lose, the whole lose one, one to one over, situation. Yeah. Like, I mean, that I kind of felt bad for. They showed Kevin Cash during one of the games, and I was just like, he's probably just sitting there. Like, again, they're still an unbelievable team, but he's just like, man, like, this sucks. <laughs> we were so good for like, it, yeah. It, it, and the Rangers tough. are so good. I mean, say like, even the Orioles too. Like that division, you know, it was neck and neck all year, and then. I mean, they were down, what, 11 to four or three at one point, and then Aaron Hicks hit a big homer, Tom, right? I don't know if I saw that correctly. He had, a few, I think, five RBIs the other day. Um, Anytime Aaron Hicks does anything, I just get tweets at me now. So, I, yeah. I, it's, it's good. I, I know if anything's happened with Aaron Hicks. You're right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that series, like, myself included, I was like, oh, I mean, Rangers have been absolutely scuffling the last month or so. They'll, they'll win six, they'll lose eight, they'll win seven, they'll lose nine. like. You just kind of didn't know what you were getting, but at the same time, a team is filled with older guys who have been there and done that. So it's like, I don't think they got too in panic mode. They're like, listen, guys, done this all year. We've won a zillion games. We're absolutely bang. We'll be all right. Then they they get uh, Josh Young back from his injury. You know, I mean, that's huge. Like that, that dude is automatic or he was automatic against us at third. Um, I mean, bangs, he, he thinks he's in eighth right now. And it's like, you have Seeger and Simeon leading off, or Simeon and Seeger leading off. Like they, they, they have the pieces, man. But I mean, the bullpen's well, a little, whatever. But for the core of that team to not panic and kind of just go into Baltimore and say, "Hey, we'll take two. No, I was, I was just gonna mention how Scherzer's still out. Too. Yeah, like Scherzer's not even on the roster for the ALDS. Like, imagine if they can get through this and then you get Scherzer back for the ALCS. I mean, I was just, I was thinking about. You know, you play all year, you have that lead uh, in the division, kind of gets taken away from you. Then you're fighting really hard the last few weeks of the season. And then the Astros take the division again. You kind of felt like we're going to establish ourselves. We're going to take this division and we're going to be like the team that dominates the AOS moving forward. And the Astros catch them late. And then now you have to go play the wild card game. And that's like, that's a real gut punch. It's a real gut punch to be like, shit, you know, we were going to win this division. Now we don't win the division. Now we have to go to the wild card game and to bounce back the way they did against a good Tampa team and go, you know what? We've been here. We can do this. Like a lot of experience in a clubhouse, like you said, like that's a big deal. And those arms at the back end for them that have struggled a little bit, Will Smith and, and Chapman, like those guys are dudes. And so they've, they've, pitched, they've been and they, there. They've, they've been pitched there. in the playoffs. So, like, yeah, I think that's that situation. Those are the guys that you trust, especially in the bullpen. That's kind of, I would, I don't know. I mean, again, that's the biggest thing. I think the position players are in the game the whole time. You, you know, you can kind of get used to it, but like the bullpen is usually what it always comes down to. And if those guys have been there, they can kind of control their heartbeat a little bit better than other guys. Um, and I think that's huge. Like, Regardless of what he's done in the in the middle of the year, like I would still take a role to Chapman in a playoff game, opposed sure. to some other people who have never been there. Just imagine if Degrom was healthy too. How nasty that rotation would be to go with the bullpen. I mean, that'd be. I, do you think the Orioles have a chance? They have to go win two in Texas now. I I felt bad because Baltimore was rocking. Like it looked like an electric place and I felt bad they lost, but like they, I feel like didn't Texas jump out both games, like took big leads right away. Yeah. I think the first one was a little bit more back and forth. 
but I know the second game, like Texas was up like five, nothing after the first, uh, five or it was five, two after the second inning, nine, two after the third inning. They did what you need to do on the road. They took out the home crowd pretty much immediately, especially yeah. in an environment like especially that. Especially in Baltimore where it's been however many years since they played at home, like they're just waiting to explode. And oh, yeah. For them to just kind of completely take them out of it for seven innings, like that's fucking hard to do. It would be it would be nice for Baltimore moving forward. Just whatever happens this series for them moving into next year with this like ridiculously young group that they have to just win a playoff game. It would be really nice yeah. just to win. Like, I, even if they don't make it to the series, you win a playoff game. You go, all right, we learned a lot, and then they can build on it. Hey, Tom, you were talking about this the other day. I don't see it because I just looked up who's starting night. Valdi starting for the Rangers, and I don't know if you can get to that guy. That he's guy a lot of playoff baseball too. He's a good we, pitcher. I don't know if I sent it to Dakota, our group, or a different one, but I was like. I can't believe this guy is still pitching at such a yeah. high level. Like, we faced him this year. I was a late scratch to go in, and I was like, oh, it's on my birthday. I'm like, oh, great. Valde on my birthday. And, like, <laughs> I had my first A-B. I had a really long A-B. I, th- I think it was, like, eight to ten pitches, fouling everything off. And he throws me a front hip cutter, full count. And I'm like – it was like the uh, Pilar at bat last night where I'm like, I promise you that's fucking off the plate. I promise you. Go back in the dugout next inning. You see it split the line, and I'm like, dude, how? What a pitch. Fuck, man. You know? And, again, he's thrown in some huge fucking games. And if he's your game three starter right now, up 2-0, yeah, thanks. Sorry. We faced him, we faced yeah. him at Wrigley this year, early in the year, when it was a little cold, and he was, he was pumping it. It was like, this guy's got stuff. He's another guy that, like, has been banged up throughout his career, but when he's healthy, he's – Top twenty pitcher, starting pitcher Dude. in baseball, top fifteen. Yep. Like he's disgusting. I remember when he threw for the Red Sox, Tom, and he'd throw against the Yankees, and he would just be sitting like ninety eight. And I'm like, what? What's happening? Like this isn't real. You can't do this as a starter. That run that he had in what was that eighteen when they won the World Series is unmatched. He was yeah. unbelievable that postseason. One, I think one of the like best postseason runs that doesn't get talked about a lot because it's not like an all time legend, but that was a legendary run he went on. Yeah. Dude, he's he's got it, man. He's got it. So yeah. it. Orioles are Orioles are in a tough spot. Tom, can I ask you a question about the AL East? Yeah. When the playoffs come as an AL East guy like you are, and your AL East is the best division in baseball, and I love the Yanks and AL East. When the playoffs come, do you root for the AL East to then prove that the Yankees are playing in the best division or are you like, fuck the alias teams. I want them to lose. And I don't want them to have any. Glory. That's that's like the college football playoff when it's like, do you root for a big 10 team? I'm like, hell no. Sorry. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I think I think most of the time it, it's really a case by case basis. Like the Blue Jays. Fuck no. The whole glad they got swept. The Rays. No, the Orioles. Like, I, I mean, other than you guys being annoying about Aaron Hicks and having to hear about that, <laughs> I like the Orioles. So. Uh, like I have nothing against the Orioles, so I was rooting for them, but the other two teams now, the Orioles are very lovable because I, I don't want to say like lovable losers because they're not, you know, they haven't been like the Cubs or Red Sox like that long of a streak, but I feel like that's kind of been the team that's never threatened the Yankees too much. So you're like, eh, I don't really hate the Orioles, they're yeah, all right. That's, like, that's what I am like. It's it's weird, but like the Twins and like watching them beat an ALE's team. It's like, Oh, it's, that's dope. Like I'm not rooting for anybody, but like, it's funny playing them so many times. It's like, I know what moves they're going to make at certain times. So it's kind of like, I'm a, I'm a little bit more 
inclined to watch those games. Like, oh, like, man, if they get it to Brock Stewart here, like, this game's over, you know, like, I don't really know many other guys in their pens for the most part. They're also, like, when you play in the division, and, like, AL Central and AL Central get some shit, and, like, AL Central was getting a lot of shit this year for, like, they would be, like, the Twins would be the last team in the AL East. You know, that was, like, for a majority of the year, it was, like, look at this. Like, the Twins are 500, and the worst team in the East is five games over. Twins are a good team. Twins are well-built. Dakota, what did I say? Dakota, what did I say when the play? I was like, hey, man, like, I don't know if it's just because they're playing us or the AL Central, but, like, they're a frisky team, and if you get Carlos Correa in the postseason – like you don't know what's gonna happen. I saw I read this thing the other day. Um, I forgot who walked in front of Correa, but I guess Altuve was talking to the guy in second, and he was like, Hey man, like if Correa comes up here, I've seen this movie too many times, like he's gonna get a big hit. And it was off of Framber, I think. And I guess he came up and as the guy was going to second, he looked at Altuve, Altuve just kind of smiled like I've seen it, bro. I've seen it too many times. Like this guy's a fucking gamer. I'll be honest. And, I'm not. I'm not rooting for either of those teams. I want <laughs> both of those teams to lose. They're Don't starting. Like ro- they're one. starting rotations built for it too. Sunny. 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 Great, great tonight. Sunny's, yeah. He's got the right mentality for it. He competes his ass off. Pablo. Uh, Joe Ryan shoved. is. Joe Ryan Pablo, is nasty. Pa- Pablo. Pablo, dude. Pablo's like the trade of the offseason that wasn't talked about like because it was fair for both teams and you know arise had a great year too but like pablo goes over there you know he was kind of he was a good pitcher in miami but kind of overshadowed by sandy and then he goes there and signs that deal and you're like this dude is legit and how many of those other teams you know nobody had there wasn't a lot of teams that had an arise to trade but like how many of those other teams are going like shit yeah what we what this guy was available and like we didn't go get him and then extend him for the num like that that deal now looks phenomenal he was always a really good pitcher um and then i was actually reading some or watched a video of him speaking the other day he was like they talked about his new sweeper because he used to just be like predominantly heater and then change up and he was like listen i had to give yeah and i was like i had to give righties the other side of the plate to like worry about She's so like, because if everything's kind of coming into me, they're a little bit comfortable. They, they can kind of eliminate one side of the plate. And he's like, I was talking to the twins and they, they kind of um, implemented the seam shifting. And he's like, bro, like if you can find a grip to do this, you're going to open up a whole new side of the plate. And that's what he did. Like he's throwing his nasty sweeper now in huge spots where you should just be change up. And I mean, it completely made him, I don't want to say a new pitcher, but like, bro, he's nasty. Absolutely nasty. And he's always he's always taken the ball. I think one of those things that's underrated is that he's, you know, he's thrown a bunch of innings. And, like, he is the type of guy that can go out there and give you the innings year after year. And, you know, last year in Miami, he made 32 starts through 180 innings uh, with a 375. The year before that, he didn't – he threw he had 20 starts with a three. You know, he had always been good. Um but you know he threw 194 innings this year with a 3.66, made 32 starts in consecutive years. Like that's super, super valuable. It's pretty sick to see Royce Lewis doing what he's doing too now. Oh, dude, he's disgusting. Every time like he would play, it's like man, this guy's gonna be good. You know, then something would like he I think he tore his ACL twice. 
Like, yeah, like back and then back. this year, yeah, then this year he hurt his oblique. This year, right before the playoffs, he hurt his hamstring. And watching him, you know, especially on the national stage now, it's kind of like, bro, this team, I'm telling you, like, they have some pieces. They're good. And, like, this guy just hasn't been on the field, but fuck, he can hit. But he bangs. Bangs, bangs. man. He's the type of guy that would look really good in a pair of Bruce Bolts. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? You see the hat I'm wearing? Bruce Bolt. Sure do. He sent me this. It's a really nice hat. You should go look at it on BruceBolt.us. Nice hat. Uh, and you know what else? If you're getting ready for the offseason, need to swing the lumber a little bit, get yourself a pair of Bruce Bolt batting gloves. Look at the signature series. Look at the hat series. Got the baby blues. Got the white with the baby blues. And they also have these shorts, 5-inch, 7-inch, they're super lightweight, four-way stretch material. Great for working out. Great for BP. Uh, BruceBolt.us. That's BruceBolt.us for the best gear in the game. Um, you know what has been nice about this round of the playoffs is that we have three series that are tied 1-1. And nobody really expected the uh, D-backs to go out and punch the... punch the. Oh, I know. Sorry. We have two series that are 2-0 and one that's 1-1. But the the D-backs go out and punch the Dodgers in the nose. But I, you know what? I was a little bit, not shocked, but like Phillies win game one and shut what? the Braves out. They shut them out. Did you watch the game yesterday? I didn't watch it, but I oh, was following it. You. And I saw, you know, I, I saw the late, I watched the recap with the, the late hitting heroics. My goodness. What that was one of the best playoff games I've watched in a long time. I was kind of flipping back and forth between that. I think the football game was on at the same time. But, like, once it got late in the game, it was unbelievable. Me and Zach, we were texting about um, – I think the Phillies jumped out. It was, like, 3 nothing or something like that. And I was like, I need the Braves to score here just to get the crowd going because it's a sick field. Like, they get the chop going. It's electric. And they came back, and when Austin Riley hit that homer, bananas. Place went bananas. Dude, I was I was out on the golf course and I looked at the scores and it was three nothing. And I was like, oof. It's like Phillies are gonna go up two oh and they get to go home. It's like oh boy. And then I checked it later and I was like, they lost? But then I had a flashback. I had flashbacks of being in, in Atlanta and having leads and having I, them evaporate. <laughs> and I was like, This team I, does not stop with the lineup. Like at some point they're gonna put up the runs. We were watching last night in the office and in the eighth inning, I went and put a bet on the Braves and everyone was like, why are you putting a bet on the Braves? And I said, I've watched all those Cubs games. I've seen this happen too many times because the problem was the Phillies, the, the, the Braves are almost like the movie villain where it's like the horror movie villain where you have to kill them when you get the chance. They had bases loaded in the first, only got one run. They, they kept, they had left 10 men on base by like the third inning. They kept having opportunities. Reed was at 71 pitches in like the middle of the second inning. And somehow got through four. Like the Braves just kept doing just enough. And I was like, these this Braves team, if you give them a chance just to stay around, they're gonna find a way to get back into this game. And then of course Riley. And then how about Riley? Everyone's talking about the Homer. How about the play to throw out Harper at first? Dude, that, that was yeah, that was the you know, that was the unbelievable play. You know, uh Michael Harris goes back, makes that great catch against the wall, chucks it in to the infield, just trying to get that ball in as quick as you possibly can because Harper was way out there. And I saw, I'm sure you guys saw on Twitter, do you see like the um, the stick figure of like where Riley was on the field and how he was moving? 
So he was like at third base. He was like pointing and and yelling towards first. But then he start he from where he was at third. It's really easy in that play just to watch it happen, just to become a spectator as a player. And because you don't feel like you're going to be involved in that side of the field. He starts moving to behind second base. And it was probably half like celebration to move closer to your teammates. But also like as the play starts to unfold, he's moving behind the mound. And then before you know it, he's in the middle of that play, makes an unbelievable exchange to get Harper at first. Like that was, that was Derek Jeter-esque of like being I was going right to say it's the Jeter, right yeah. I thought Cash Jones got that ball too. I thought it was gone. I think he I thought like, he got oh. it too. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, he kind of hit it and like didn't like pimp it, but he kind of like was watching. He's like, that that might go. That might go. Um, I said it to Zach last night though in our group chat. You know, I wanted to ask what you thought. I'm not a fan. Minter threw in the eighth. Harper was leading off the ninth. Lefty lefty. They kept Minter in. He ends up walking Harper. And then you bring in your closer. I'm not a fan of that. I'm more of a your closer's your closer. It's the ninth inning of a one-run game. Your closer's throwing. I don't care about matchups. And then when they bring in Iglesias, they said it on the broadcast. They said that's the first time Iglesias has come into the game and inherited a runner all season. And I'm like, well, maybe not the time to do that for the first time. It ended up working out. It was close to not working out, but it ended up working out. But I was like, I, I don't like that. Closers want the ninth inning. Like the ninth Hang inning on. is their inning. I want to see... Minter splits. Oh, and that's that's what I, I I said. It was like, I get it. Like, you want Minter, who probably dominates lefties, to face Bryce Harper, who probably doesn't hit as well off lefties as he does righties. No, but and I was just like, to look at the splits. The splits are almost identical. He's got a not 884 OPS against lefties and a 907 against righties. So, that's, yeah. At least this year, there's not statistically. I mean, granted, obviously, he's got more at-bats against righties than he does against lefties, but... Not a huge difference statistically. Wait, you said OPS? Yeah, he's got an 884 OPS against lefties and a 907 against righties. Harper, not Minter, Zach. Yeah. Oh, no, I was talking about Minter. Sorry. Uh, what's what's Minter versus lefties? That's what I'm trying to find it right now. I, while he tries to find that, can I also say one thing about Castellanos? His, I'm looking at his at-bats from yesterday. His first at-bat, he had a single at 12 degrees at uh, 109.7. Laser. Uh, 200. You could have told me it was 200, I believe you. Then he walked. Then he had a, a single that was uh, 26 at 76. So just a nice little bleeder to right that he stayed inside of. Then he hits a ball 106.6 at 20 for an out to center field. And then the last play of the game that was now was 25 at 100.8. <laughs> He was swanging it, and he got. He's a guy. He, he was came two up for last, two for four with five unbelievable. Attacks. He came up last night, and I was like, "They have an unreal lineup. Like you got Harper, you got Schwarber, you got Trey Turner. He's the kind of guy that, like, I feel like he's just got that clutch gene. Like, yeah, obviously he ended up getting out, but like, I feel like that's a guy that I'm like, if he's at the plate, I'm a little nervous. If I'm the other team, I'm like, this guy, he's a great, he's he lives a great for hitter. these moments. And what a great, what a great redemption year. You know, he signs that year in Philly. Who signs that deal in Philly has a tough year last year and comes back and bangs this year. And then like to be able to you know do it in the playoffs for them is awesome. I think they're I mean they're a deep team, they're a good team. Obviously, the Braves are really good, but uh that series is gonna be really fun to watch. Oh yeah, I'm pumped. I I said it yesterday. I was like, I'm like very excited for this game tonight. That that place going back to Philly is going to be an absolute <laughs> citizen's fun. Well, because that's what Zach said it. You were like, are the Phillies dead now? And I'm like, dude, 
not no i did not say that no Maybe. way oh no it was scott of course of all people no zach scott. said it zach said it no it, it was scotty efros he goes i think the phillies might be dead now after losing a game like that and i'm like they're going back to citizens bank the crowd won't let them be dead I also think like they have so much experience from what they went through last year. Like one heartbreaker, one heartbreaker loss isn't going to kill them. And sure. last year, Castellanos was not nearly the player he was this year. Like he was struggling for his, I don't want to say for his life, but like not what Nick Castellanos does. And Bryson Stott was basically a nine hitter defensive replacement, not defensive replacement, but just like a shortstop. Hey man, need you just to hit ninth and just make every play. He is one of the, he's been, one of, if not their most consistent hitters from top to bottom this year. They're deeper this year than they were last year. Yeah. And I mean, too. yeah. Kimbrell's doing it. Like, Kimbrell, right. The other series, the Twins and the Astros. I want to say one thing about the old Twins, which was in the, I believe, was in the, the first series. It was in the first series mm-hmm. when they picked off Flatty at second. Did you yeah. guys see the A Rod's breakdown of, what happened on the play? I did not. A-Rod was like, if you see right here, Sonny Gray touches his bill oh, his hat. I, I did, I did. And that signals that it's hot, and then this happens, this happens. And I'm thinking to myself, the catcher, 100%, I'll say 90, 97%, pushed the button that said pick two. Yeah. And it came from Correa. And th- after they said Correa called it, Correa called it to the catcher pick to second and then he put the thing on because Sonny Gray was like I heard pick two and I was like oh okay but that would there wasn't it wasn't like a Sonny Gray called it with a hat thing it was the, it's in the ear and you push the button and it goes do you know how locked in Correa would Correa would have had to have been staring at Sonny Gray and would be like oh fuck that's on well they could have just made eye contact I agree I, but but in that moment in that like how- Sonny Gray is so locked in on throwing pitches, like he, and I think this is, I think this is confirmed. Like I said, ninety-seven percent. But Correa and the catcher were on the same page, and Correa got him to push the button. Yeah. Do you think there was like a sign from Correa to the catcher of like, like yeah. they must they have some have sort a, of like discrete sign of? They probably hey. have a pants pick. You know, you you pull your pants, or you know, they probably have something uh, to signal that he wants the pick at second, and that went through the catcher. Dude, it's so yeah. true, like, what Correa said about not being able to hear your third base coach. Because usually that's the thing that gives it away, obviously. If you're a guy on second, if you can't hear shit, you're kind of just sitting there like – Because you can't look good. behind you. You can't because as soon as you look, you're done. But, like, yeah. it's such a – again, back to Correa, like, it sounds easy, but, like, how often do you see picks at second in a big spot? with second third, right? You, you rarely even see back picks to second, like, even attempted. Like, it's usually, like, they'll just step off and, like, look you back if you're jumping off. But, like, the the flash play, like, that never happens. Exactly. You know, what, you know what else is hilarious? Just in the big league in general, like, you play in these stadiums, big moments, and there's there's always the, the coach or the, the – whether it's the dugout or the third base coach or whatever who's saying, like, get a bigger lead. Get a – like, we need, you to, we need you to score on a single. The players are so good. The Sonny Gray is such an athlete. Like the turn and pick, and it's on the bag. Like if you're extended on your primary lead, like once you get out there, you're fucked. Oh yeah. 
like you have no chance to get back on that. And it's the same thing at first. So if you're first and second and they're telling like get big at first so that you can like score uh, from first on a double something that's close. If you have a good duo between the catcher and the first baseman and Riz was really good at this with Wilson and good with Rossi before that, if you can throw that like outside corner fastball or even pitch out and redirect it to first and the first baseman crashes behind the runner. Like if you're extended out there, you have no chance. And when the stadium gets loud and it's the playoffs, like you have to be so aware of everything that's happening on the field because the game is so fast. I wish you could put a normal and people were saying about Vladdy. I'm sure blue blue Jays fans weren't happy and people are, well, how do you get picked in that situation? I would love to put a normal person out there <laughs> at second base and they could even stand two feet off the base. And like the amount of panic that would go through someone's body as the pitcher that you think is going to throw home flips around and throws a dot to second base right on the bag. Like it's, it's almost, it's almost it's well easier. Executed, it's indefensible. It's almost easier to get him at second too, because like you said, like you're usually not expecting a back pick at second base. Like at first base, you're like, all right, like they could pick over here. Like you got to be careful. Like, especially with Vlad, he's probably got a one-way lead if he's at first. But at second, like you said, he's like, I got to score on a single. So he's like, all right, I got to get ready. Yeah, like I got to get ready to take my secondary or else I'm hosed at home. So he's probably like getting ready to jump off. And then all of a sudden he's like, "Uh uh-oh, they got me. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing worse going back knowing. Like I bet you that run for Harper last night knowing that there's a slight chance if something fucks up, you're safe. But as soon as you see the first baseman uh, like stretch out, you're just like... Doesn't he got to be... I asked that because, Ian, if you're Harper, aren't you supposed to be like... You could probably still be rounded second, but like you're a couple steps past second reading the ball, right? Like you can't... I'm guessing he was like full speed. It's it's like... It's really weird. Like that's something where he's out and it's like, that can't happen because again, like you can't really end the game on that. But if that ball hits off the wall and it goes right to somebody and he's standing on third, somebody is saying, how the fuck don't you score on that? And then if he does score that ball last night, everyone's like, Oh my God, what a read by Harper. And Mm -hmm. I think I agree Dakota, obviously like he should have been a step or two closer to second, but at the same time, like, if you will, I don't know, like if you look back at it, it wasn't even going to hit off or like it was going to hit off the wall, but it wasn't like, I don't know. But there's there's two ways. There's two ways for that play to go. If Michael Harris goes after that ball and doesn't catch it and is jumping against the wall, if he's a step from second base, he'll he'll score. Yeah. Unless yeah. Michael Harris makes an amazing recovery. If Michael Harris comes up short and plays that off the wall, and he's not past second base. He's not scoring. That's that's There's what no I'm, that's what I was more alluding to when you say like you don't score. Like if he plays it like you said off the wall, and everyone's like, "Bro, what the fuck are you doing? Why yeah, are you, you going didn't on you third? didn't score on a double?" So right. that play when you're the runner, you have two options. You can either go, "I'm going to get all the way to second base, one step short of it, and then I'm going to take off when I see it down," but that's going to take a good bounce for you to score after that. The other and way to running- play it running from a stagnant like that, if you're yes, standing so hard. right there, is fucking hard. You ha- It takes you like at least five to seven steps to get moving again to top speed. That's yeah. why I'm saying, shouldn't you be like a couple steps past second base? And then I feel like even if you're three steps yes. past second base towards third, once you see he catches it, like you have time to 
touch second, run back to first. Like, I feel like, I don't know. You guys are the base. I, runner. I think, I think that's what he did. He got around second, but at some point you make a decision to go. So like, so it's almost impossible to read that play off the bat and go, I'm going to sprint as hard as I can to get two steps past second base and then make my decision. Like yeah. you're, you're kind of, you're kind of, as soon as the ball is hit, you take off and then you're kind of jumping or moving with, all right, where is this thing going to land? And he took off, you know, he took off just a hair early and then had to redirect and go back. But once your momentum is stopped or moving in one direction, changing that is so difficult. He yeah. kind of slipped too going back, which again, I think if he got back or started going back right away, I think it would have been a little bit closer. Um, but slipping in that situation, I mean, you're automatically out. Like there's no. Also just unlike great heads up play by Harris to make that unreal catch and be like, I got to fire this back in. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because it was like an in-between hop for Ozzy. Like, yeah. If Riley's not celebrating or like what Ian said, like nobody's talking about it again. It was just kind of, I want I don't want to say a shitty throw, but like over through the first guy and then short hop Ozzy, the second guy. And it's like a cannon to throw it that far, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He plays the shit out of center field, man. Oh, he, well, to move Acuna from center to right, like you bet, you must be a pretty good outfielder. He he runs it down out there. I hit a ball when we were there, hundred and two plus, you know, right to the corner in right center, the deepest part of the park. It was four oh five, was what the number said. How far it went, I hit it, and I went, "That's got a chance." He put his head down and ran. And was running with his head down all the way until he got to the track, turned around and was camped under it and caught it. And like usually a center fielder goes back on a ball like that and they like run back, run back, like try to feel for the wall and like catch it. He literally sprinted full out with his head down and then turned around and was right under the ball. Was like, yeah. What's going on? But he I mean, he plays the shit out of it out there. And that's a big that's a big center field that he mans. And he I need I need that series to go to Game Five back at Truist Park. Oof. Need it. It would be sick. It would be sick too if if Philly wins it. If Philly wins tonight and then wins tomorrow at home, the celebration there would still be bananas. They don't play till tomorrow, but yes, I agree. Like I said, <laughs> and they got Nola on the bump too. I mean, real quick, Wheeler Dude. is not fair. He's legit not fair. He throws a 98 at the top of the zone, and then his slider is like it's moving five feet. Well, he Starts behind a right. And a, he throws a four and a two. Yeah. So, Dude, like his, that, his four seam explodes. Dude, but it's he, so hard. He's so – like his ability to go to lefties four up with the curveball under – and then to righties, sinker it on their hands and slider and four up sweeper, whatever you talk. And so, like, he lives off two different sets of pitches for righties and lefties. And then he has the other ones in his bag. If so like, if you're a lefty, you're facing him and he's going four up at 98, curveball down. Then he's got four, which it's almost like so straight that it cuts a little bit. So he's got like, and he's got, he commands it. So he's got like backdoor four. And then he's got, inside four then occasionally he'll throw the sweeper to you back foot with two strikes and he's got the sinker so he can sink it down in a way and he can hip shot you he doesn't use him a lot but he still has them and the fact that he and so for righties it's the same thing he's going to sink it in on your hands at 96 98 
and he's going to throw you the sweeper away. And if he wants to finish you with a four seam up late, like he has it. And so you're respecting so many different pitches and his ability to go back and forth and have feel for those pitches is bananas. Speaking if, of, speaking of pitch sequences, I was watching that uh, Diamondbacks Dodgers game yesterday. Gallon was pitching. I want to say it was like the fourth or fifth inning. Might've been the fourth. And Freddie Freeman's at the plate and it's first and third, two outs, like three, one game. Diamondbacks are up. Freddie Freeman, unbelievable hitter, works a good count, 2-2. Gallon throws him his nasty 12-6 curveball, like starts mid-thigh, waist, breaks into the dirt. Freddie, like half check swing, spits on it. I texted in our group. I was like, what a take. Very next pitch, Gallon says, oh, you took that? Throws the same pitch, but lands it just above the knee. Strike three look. And I'm like, that's what do you do with that? Like as a hit, like you can't, I don't know. You're toast. The thing about him too is that he has the carry four. Yeah, and he and he, and he can command the shit out of the carry four way, and he he just puts it away and then he'll put it up and away, which is for a lefty like as tough as it is to handle a pitch the four that hits the up and away corner. So when he throws that four to the up and away line, you're trying to take it because it's probably not going to come down. It's going to be a couple inches above the zone. So when he throws the strike curveball off, it's off the same line. So I'm sure when that came out of hand, Freddie Freeze thinking that's a heater up and away that I'm and not doing yet. And yeah. that's and uh, that pitches. And he had just set him up by bouncing the curveball right before it. So he's like, all right, he just yeah. bounced it. Like he's probably he's probably not going to throw it again. Like he doesn't want to walk me and load the base. He's like, he's probably going to go fastball. Starts up at like his waistline, drops right at the knees. And I'm like, that's just that's a you pitch. tip your cap. You go, great job. You know what I want to talk about really quick? E-R-C. 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 The employee retention credit is a government tax incentive that helps small businesses uh, around the Midwest and everywhere get back to up to $26,000 per employee for overpayment of payroll taxes during the pandemic. If you're a business owner with five to 500 W-2 employees who continue to pay taxes and employ staff during the pandemic, recover the payroll taxes you overpaid. Uh, Omega Accounting Solutions was voted number one best ERC company for getting your ERC funds. And uh, you can go to 800-643-CUBS. That's the phone number or smallbizcashback.com slash cubs. Smallbiz with the Z, cashback.com slash cubs for a free consultation. I think we've covered all the series. Can we make predictions this week? Yeah, let's make predictions halfway through the division think- series. Well, you said you didn't want to do it last week. Tom said you didn't want to do it. It wasn't me. I wanted to do it. Tom said no. I think uh, I think Jets win on Sunday against the Eagles. They move them to five and one. It's my prediction. I don't think about your Jets. There's no way. They got to lose at some point. All right. Anyway, I don't know if it'll be to the Jets. Uh, Should we just do champion and? The two World Series teams. Let's just do two World Series teams. I got Phil. I got same. I got rematches last year. Phillies winning. Hmm. Is it a bad question if I ask you who they played in the AL? But the Astros Ooh. is the Astros. The Astros? Is that who it was last year? Astros Phillies. Yes. Yes. Right. Just making sure. Just making sure you knew. I knew. But I was making sure you and Ian knew, just, you know, making sure. 
I got Phillies Rangers. I got. We should have done this before because now I, I want to say Dodgers, but I just don't. I still All right, think, you said Dodgers. I, I still it. think Dodgers. down 0-2, nice. I still think they could come back in their series. I don't trust their starting pitching, though. I'm going to go Braves, Rangers. Rangers win it all. Max Scherzer comes back, throws games one, four, and seven. I got Phillies, Phillies, Rangers, Phillies win it all. Tom, I was gonna say Braves, Rangers. So yes, that's a good thing. Tom watches more baseball than any of us. Let's go. It means I'm smart. Who's winning it though, Tom? You got to pick a winner. Probably the Braves. All right, you went Braves. I went Rangers. I Tom, hope how- we both make it. And we have a showdown. Tom, how are the vibes in the office around playoff baseball? Oh, this is the best time of the year. We're there late nights, watching the games, doing work, grinding. It's great. I will say that the games out west still just stinks when we're on the East Coast. Like that that Diamondbacks Dodgers game was in like the sixth inning last night, and it was like eleven thirty here. I was like, I gotta go to sleep. I can't. I can't stay up and watch this whole game. It might not end until twelve thirty one o'clock. Stinks. Because I want to watch. I wonder what the viewership looks like. I wonder if like the West Coast is really watching. So there's enough viewers, you know. For game I'm sure there purposes. is. I'm sure there. I'm sure there's a good amount. Probably not as much as like I bet the Phillies Brave series, like has the most viewership of any by a good amount. Yeah. We got two game. Two games today. Four games tomorrow. Yes, I believe so. Who's starting? Who's starting for? Uh, the the D backs got to throw. They're gonna do a bullpen day, kind yeah. of thing. Same First thing. Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, I feel like is could go out there and shove. Lance Lynn could go out there and shove. He's a vet. And then the Phillies got Nola going. Braves didn't like announce their starter yet. I, you got to think the Phillies have the upper hand in that with Nola going. Yeah. I don't know who the Braves are starting, but I just feel like you had Wheeler. And then you got Nola tomorrow. And then do you bring if, if you lose tomorrow, you got to bring back who's their fourth? Like they're going to bring back Ranger Suarez, right? I think it'll be Ranger. Yeah. Like he'd be on three days rest, four days rest. I think four days because I think they had a day off after game one. Yeah. I think so I think you definitely bring back Ranger Suarez. Have to. If you lose, if you win, though, do you still run him out there that soon or do you save him for game five or do you go Ranger game four? Wheeler game five on short rest as well, if needed. I think Rangers still in game four, no matter what. You think so? All right. I don't know who their fourth starter is. That's why I'm not I'm not sure if they have oh Taiwan Walker. Oh, you might go Taiwan Walker yeah, game run four. Taiwan Walker out there. But then say you go to game five. Then Rangers on Wheeler? full rest, or you go to Zach Wheeler. So I think you start Ranger, have Wheeler They're, ready to go. Everybody's available at that point. Yeah. For sure. This is that's the stuff. Playoffs? This is the stuff of the playoffs I love because it's who's got nuts? Who's got the big nuts who wants to throw on three days rest after throwing a hundred pitches? Who wants did you to see do? what did you see what Minter said last night? Yeah, he said the bullpen. He said it was just heart and nuts. Because they, they had basically two bullpen days. Yeah. Or no, yeah. Because didn't Strider not go very deep? I'm not sure. I think he still went at least five, right? Oh, no. Strider went seven. But, yeah, I think he was more so saying, like, they threw 
Yeah. What did what general four? Freed went into right. the fourth. He I think he four. was saying yeah. they held him to no runs and let their offense get. Yeah, Kirby there. Yates gave up one unearned run, but then they went like four guys through one inning, no runs. Sloan screen time presented by Sloan. Sloan's the world's leading manufacturer of commercial plumbing systems. The company is at the forefront of the green building movement and provides smart, sustainable, and hygienic restroom solutions by manufacturing water-efficient products, including oh flush-o-meters, faucet sink systems, soap dispensers, and fixtures for commercial, industrial, and institutional markets worldwide. To learn more, visit Sloan.com. Oh, my God. I think this is my worst one ever. This is bad. <laughs> first. The, uh, nine hours, nine minutes. Oh my! <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! That is that's a really bad day, and it oh, and it followed up Sunday, which was eight hours fifty nine minutes. I'm gonna have to go touch some grass. I think I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get, get outside. Out of the house, man. <laughs> that's not good. Ooh. Zach, five twenty five. That's normally a bad day, but nine makes that look like a great day. 355 for me. 355. Tom? 551. It's wow. a good day, Tom. It's a Tom, good day. I was, I was hoping you'd make me look better, Tom. Dakota, that was as bad as it gets. I'm feeling yeah, really that's... good about being Dakota, back let's pick up a book circle. maybe, man. I know. That's tough. That's not good. That's not a good day. What are you doing? You're just laying on the couch I don't with know. your phone pressed to your face? I, I, I don't remember it being that high. I, I think, think that, that, that's no, it's something wrong with the phone. Yeah, it had to be like the screen was. I, you know, I had maps on. Uh, yeah. You know, phone calls. You know, yep. remember when Hap said that? Tried that nonsense. Yeah, he goes, "All right, phone calls all day." Maps, man. Maps will get you. That's episode one seventy nine of the Compound Podcast presented by Parse Run. Go to Benny's. Go to your local liquor store. Ask about Parse. See you next week. Thank you.